It's just over 10 years since Facebook groups were launched. There's been quite a few successes, but there's been a lot of groups that struggled or got abandoned. And a strange trend I'm seeing are some well-established groups being archived and their admins and owners are starting over. Because some of the biggest challenges groups can give you are hard to overcome, and it's difficult to change the culture within them. It makes me wonder what a group really should be now. You're listening to It All Works. This is episode nine, the group revision. I have a lot of personal experience with this topic. I am now on my third Facebook group, and I can honestly say that unless you have it dialed in properly, it's really not gonna work for you or the people in it. I've noticed the same challenges happening for others with their groups. To try and help you, I broke this down into three points of discussion, the members, the owners or admins, and the group itself. The members are the most important part. No members, no group. Members becomes a more interesting topic when you try and figure out what they want or need. And sometimes they aren't even the same thing. No matter what a group is for, each member might be joining it for different reasons. One might be a big fan of the owner, another might be seeking information, and others might be looking for opportunities. I asked people in different groups what they wanted from a Facebook group. The people that responded had a pretty universal answer. They wanted valuable content and networking. It is a solid answer. And I agree. You join a group, you show up, and hopefully there is something that can be gained from what is posted. And you'll see other people's interaction and meet new people, which is the networking part of it. But there was a couple types of people that didn't answer the questions about what they wanted from a group. And I wouldn't expect them to. There are people who are spectators, and all they do is join a group, then silently consume without interacting. There are members who join and don't participate because they don't have the time or bandwidth. And then there is a group that joins and has one goal, to get their message into the group, to self-promote in any way as much as possible. Now, there are times when members promoting in a group could be helpful, and some groups make space for that. But if you have people that look at a group the way someone might look at a full parking lot while putting flyers under your windshield wiper, you've got a problem that needs addressing. The group's purpose should make it very clear what should or should not happen within it. And there are many members with motives that aren't aligned with the purpose of a group. As for the silent consumers and the absent members, how do they make the group any better? They don't. Because they aren't adding anything to the group. The silent culture doesn't work. And even though people are very proud of having large groups that have a sizable amount of these types of members, it really doesn't make the group any better. People on the outside might be in awe of that large member base. And the fear of missing out might kick in and they might join for that reason. And that's a lousy strategy to grow a group. And in the end, you probably end up with a lot more people that really don't belong in there. If you think of a group, think of a group of people that share the same interests as you. How do you want the conversations to go whenever you meet up? You'll want to benefit from shared ideas and knowledge. And that would compel you to participate in the discussion. You would not want to sit within a group where one person talks and no one interacts. And you certainly don't want other people promoting their own message over the one you're there for. Members of groups are important. They should join to be a part of the conversation and the shared interest. They deserve to get exactly what is promised from a group. And it should be a space where the culture and the environment should be a productive and valuable place to meet. The better it is, the more likely they'll participate. And that's what makes a great group. The higher the percentage of your member base that participates, the better the group. Let's talk about the owners and the admins of the group. They are also very important. 
They are likely the person behind the concept and the one that controls the culture of the group. When I think of an owner of a Facebook group, I get curious as to why they started the group, the purpose. Who are they serving and what do they want to accomplish? Are they trying to educate? Are they trying to network? Maybe they are self-promoting. When we talk about Facebook groups that are founded by business owners, it gets a bit tricky. Because what's the end goal? If you're a business owner starting a group, how do you manage the message in the group to get the outcome you want? A lot of people look at groups as a captive audience, and they're not. You won't be able to control the conversation enough so that all the roads lead back to you. But groups are a great opportunity to show your talent to individuals many times over. This is the key point. You see, when you have followers, members, or people on your email list, you have an opportunity to reach those same people with a series of messages. And that series of posts can paint a better picture of what you can do than just one or two that they may accidentally come across. Where it all comes together for the owner is the ability to make the knowledge they share exclusive to that group of people. Entrepreneurs sometimes struggle to get noticed without giving away too much of their talent for free in the open social media environment. And it's a real concern because they feel they won't get clients because people are satisfied with just their free content and see no point in paying for it in the future. By having the group, you can do exclusive things to attract new members and then be able to continue with a series of information that will help you convert some members into clients. I just want to add, I believe having people on an email list is the best way for business owners to convert people into clients. But I think groups are in second place. All other social media methods are a bit more passive because the content is distributed to followers and most of it is rarely seen. Facebook page content rarely shows up in people's threads. Not to mention a lot of people follow a lot of people. They don't get to see everything even if they tried. But group posts seem to be more visible and the more a person engages with it, the more likely they will show up in their thread. One of the benefits to an owner of the group is creating the culture through rules and moderating. They can decide what can and cannot be done in a group, which can be very important if members start muddying the waters with their own agendas and messages. They can also safeguard against members that behave in a manner that ruins the experience for others. Remember, creating a good culture and environment for members is a huge factor. One of the very best tools when operating a group is your ability to be the gatekeeper. You can choose who can be in it. And if you have the time, and I would make sure that you do, I would review every potential member before you let just anyone in. You might not be able to tell how people will be in your group once they are in, but you do have a chance not to let in people that you might think are a bad fit. A good example of that are people that set up fake accounts to get into groups and then hit and run with promotions. Fake accounts are very easy to spot. And then there's the members that are in 300 other Facebook groups and all types of group, a nonsensical mix. It's likely they aren't going to be focused on what you're doing. They might have a plan of their own. Now you can control who can come in, but you can also control who stays. And depending on what you want the environment to be like, you can take actions to improve it. I personally like a lot of member activity. I post to start conversations. I ask questions. I do polls, daily mini blogs, and I run monthly challenges. What I really don't enjoy is doing it for people that don't participate, which to me means they don't care. And if I'm willing to give them exclusive content in my group, then the membership fee is participation. I see no reason to share my work with people who either aren't paying attention taking without contributing, or worse, looking for content and ideas they can pass off as their own. 
those people I remove from my group. And I've done it. In January of 2020, I had a group called Speaker Advantage with over 1,300 members. And honestly, it was not going the way I wanted it to. So I changed this focus and renamed it It All Works, the same as this podcast. And there were members in it that just did not belong there. I reviewed every single member and removed the silent spectators and the ones that didn't participate. By the time I was done, I got it all the way down to 330 members, and I still remove people for those reasons and others if they break the rules too many times. Now I have a group of about 260 people, and my active members are about 70-80% to a month, compared to the 10 or 15% when I had 1,300 members. And I think the group works a lot better for everyone now. The responsibility as an owner is not just controlling the culture. Creating it is the thing that compels people to show up to. And the content should be niched in. How could I not mention that? I'm a niche guy. Whatever the group is about, the content should be relevant. And it's something you promise, so you should deliver it. I have seen groups that have topics, but resort to doing silly posts that are unrelated. And although they think they are being fun and cute, they aren't. They are doing it to get members to participate, to drive up engagement rates, even though the topic is way off course. When I'm in a business group, I don't want to be asked what my favorite flavor of ice cream is. I don't think that's the best use of a member's time. There are times a host can switch things up by posting something about themselves, perhaps, or sharing something they like. I have personally shared TV shows and movies that I like, but still somehow tied it into marketing. I do a song of the day. It's not a question. There's usually a message involved there, too. Creating relevant content and cultivating the conversation around a group's purpose is an important part of the responsibilities of the owner or the admin. And if the group is big, then the moderators can help you keep the culture and environment what it should be. Now for the last topic, the group itself. There are groups, and then there are groups. Some are really specific and dialed into specific topics. Others are pretty much a free-for-all. But the group must serve a purpose, or what's the point? Business groups should definitely be dialed in. That way it is easier for people to decide if it's for them or not. If it's specific and it's something they are looking for, then great, you found each other. And if it's not for them, then great, you won't be wasting each other's time. I have found that groups that are specific have an easier time consistently staying on topic, while the content on some of these vague groups seem to wander and mostly become irrelevant. But the group should be filled with people with a shared interest. It's an important point. As a group owner, you decide what the topic is, and you also have to figure out what the group's purpose is. And there are a lot of different purposes. Educating people on a particular subject, enthusiasts of a topic or a person, networking environments, it could be for a private club, it could be for an event. Some groups are even created in conjunction with a program. Now, if you've gotten this far, and you are pondering starting a group or revisioning the one you've got, you should really think about its purpose. And the reason I say this, you need to think about if you'll be able to make it succeed at its purpose. If you're going to educate people, you must be prepared to do the hard work of educating them. If you are creating a network environment, how will you get the networking to commence? And will you be okay with a lot of the content being created by other members? If it's for a program, will you be able to make sure it works and is added value to that program? I could go on, but these are things you really need to decide. Because if it can't serve its purpose, then it just shouldn't be done. I mentioned before that my group used to be called Speaker Advantage, you know, with the 1,300 members. 
and its purpose was to have a group of people that are into public speaking and getting speaking gigs for online and live events, and also to help people become better speakers. I thought it was a good idea, and I still think it's a pretty good one. But it really wasn't what I was into. And because I could only provide some of the things the members expected, I would be doing it for no good reason whatsoever. Not to mention that eventually a large part of the group was there only for the speaking opportunities. If I posted about anything else, it was crickets. If I posted about a person looking for a guest speaker, then there were 50, 80, or 100 comments. And I didn't want to be a facilitator of that. I didn't want to run a group where the members really didn't participate unless they were getting opportunities that only served themselves. I wanted more engagement, and I wanted to educate. So I had to change things. I'm sure there were other groups that work well for this purpose, but I wasn't the right person to run it. So you have to ask yourself the question, if you're the right person to fulfill the purpose of the group, will everyone get what they need from it, and will you be the person to provide it? And do you want to be? Recently, I've seen some big-name people with groups make the decision to shut their groups down. And I'm not talking small groups. I mean big ones. And the most common factor is, the purpose was gone. It either wasn't able to function properly to serve its purpose because the culture was way off, or the person running it felt they no longer could fulfill the purpose of the group. Some of them have started new groups that are on a different topic or niche. But it was likely the right move. There was no point of running something that can't serve its purpose. And keep in mind, some of the top people in business have a new vision of what a group should be. When it comes to those vague groups and the ones that don't have a specific topic or purpose, that anything goes thing is over, even if people don't know it. Those groups are slowly disappearing, and the people in them are noticing that it serves no purpose to be in them. Another interesting trend is the pop-up group, which I kind of mentioned when I was talking about groups aligned with a program or for an event. The interesting thing is they are quite exciting. Not only are they exclusive, but also for a limited time. So the member can only experience what's in the group for so long, and then it's gone. And for the owners, it's good, because it serves its purpose, and when it's no longer needed, its purpose is over, they no longer need to run it. It works quite well for everyone. A group can be a great thing. They can help people, and they can help your business too if they're done properly. But it's one of those things that can't be done on half effort. If you do have a group, you need to consistently work to make it serve its purpose, and if you can't, you should close it down. It's not for everyone, and it's okay to pack it in. Or maybe you've decided it's not something you want to add to your infrastructure. But if you do, and are able to commit to the purpose, there are excellent opportunities to build something that can help others and your business at the same time. Making it all work. How do you decide if you should have a Facebook group as part of your business infrastructure? Consider the following. 1. Will it draw attention or cultivate leads for your business while still creating an environment that people will gravitate to? 2. Will you be able to create original content that is exclusive to that group that helps spread your message? 3. Will you be able to create a group that will allow others to participate without your message getting lost or missing your goal? 4. Will you be able to be active in it and it be a good investment of your time? The answer to those four questions will help you decide if a Facebook group is right for you at this time. Believe me, it's not for everyone. The main thing to keep in mind, and I know it sounds broad, will it have a purpose and be a valuable add to your business? If you have any questions on this topic, you can email me. I love hearing from my listeners. I hope you enjoyed this episode on Facebook groups. There was a mixture of personal experience, observation, and input from various members and owners of different groups. 
I'll be releasing another podcast episode next Monday, and this works nicely with what's going on in the It All Works Facebook group, where you can find extra content and interactions on each weekly topic. Thanks again for sharing your time with me. Stay safe and take care.